The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Well, once a month, we get to check in with our pal Grant Fedoric from Leading Edge Physiotherapy for an edition of Fit After 40. And today is that day. Hey, Grant. Jalen, how are you? I am good. How are you? Well, it's the nicest day of summer, so I'm feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're in inside somewhere talking to me, doing an interview. Lucky you. <laughs> that's okay. I can see outside, so that's great. <laughs> hey, uh, my friend, you wanted to talk about uh, flat feet today. Are, are, is flat feet and fallen arches the same thing? They are both uh, kind of colloquial terms for the same things, absolutely. And, and people, oh. I thought, what a great day to talk about flat feet because... When else will you notice how flat your feet are than when you're walking on a beach sometimes? So, Absolutely. you know, beautiful weather. Maybe some people are walking on a beach saying, hey, how come my foot looks like it's wearing, I'm wearing a flip-flop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what, what cause, well, are, aren't, aren't people just born with fallen arches or does that, ha- can that happen over time as well? Both. You, you are very intuitive. You often get it before I say it. So, Many people, it's inherited. So if you you can blame your parents and look, and it's a common thing to have laxity in the ligaments of those little joints in the feet, um, which you basically have two things that form structure in your feet. One is the strength that comes dynamically from muscles. And then the other is these passive things like ligaments, capsule, and other tissues that kind of provide the other support. And unfortunately, in some people, there's a lot of laxity in those joints. So they're they're hypermobile, they move too much. And unfortunately, the muscles can't work, no matter how hard they work, they can't provide the support. And those are people that we would describe as having fallen arches. But also what can happen with people over time is there can be uh, repetitive stresses, um, age and wear and tear on those joints, and then also weakness that forms in through the muscles, and you can therefore develop what we call more of a functionally, structurally, uh, we shouldn't use the the term flat feet for this show. We should use the term over pronation because that's the medical (laughs) term we use for it. Over pronation. Okay, so does that, does it hurt? Do, do, does over pronation or fallen arches, does that hurt? Is it painful? No, not really. In fact, a lot of people don't even know they've got until they've had repeated problems with their feet or unless they've got a problem that's not going away many people with flat feet so the interesting thing about a flat-footed person somebody who over pronates basically if you look at your foot you put it on the floor and you can hardly see an arch on the inside of your foot that's called your medial longitudinal arch if that arch is flatter to the floor what happens is exactly what I described. Those ligaments and the muscles aren't providing this, the structure there. Now, the interesting thing about it is that foot is very resilient, actually. It's very flexible, and it can kind of survive a lot of different kind of motions. Unfortunately, it's not very efficient because the muscles, it's, it's not a very rigid structure to push off of. So people with that kind of a foot will often first just feel like their feet get tired very easily. Um, But over time, the structure, because your foot pronates and it can cause other problems slowly up through the kinetic chain with the knee, the hip, you can have other problems that actually do derive from that kind of structural change in the foot. Okay, Grant, I'm a little confused here. I just thought 
Um, so when you're talking about overpronating, um, yeah. I always I always thought that that was you know when you're standing and that your kind of whole ankle and everything kind of rotates or kind of shuffles in or moves in. That's right. You got it. And so that is that is so overpronation is the term we give to somebody who is spending too much time with their foot in that flattened position. The term flat foot, the medical term is actually pes planus, but somebody who has pes planus is overpronating. Their foot will spend too much time in a flattened position. So it's a good question, and it, and it does, uh, I hope that explains it a little bit, because a lot of people would be confused about that. Yeah, okay, because, yeah, as we said, that, that can happen over time, but then there are people who are just born with n- not very much of an arch in their foot. That's right, and and so that's what we call pes planus. Uh, the foot is basically flat on the floor. But again, somebody who has that flat foot is overpronating. Their foot is oh. spending too much time in a flattened position. The okay. term pronation actually is a is a collection of movements that are happening around the foot and the ankle, leading to the problem. Much of which happens actually with the hind foot or the heel bone, and it tips inward essentially. Um, and that's why that's why you end up overpronating. And again, lots of problems come from it. So many people can have it without knowing they've got anything wrong with them. They've just always had that. And then some people develop problems that don't go away. Plantar fasciitis is a perfect example. Uh, people with pes planus who have that flattened foot or who overpronate, kind of they go together, um, will more likely are higher likelihood to develop things like plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, um, metatarsalgia, pain at the front of the forefoot. Uh, Bunions, believe it or not, are a very common uh, long-term effect of people who uh, overpronate as well. Okay, so when we're talking about, um, you know, fixing this situation, are we talking about just getting the foot back into the proper place so it's not overpronating, or, or are we fixing Achilles tendonitis, plantar fasciitis, um, or does it really depend? <laughs> exactly, it's kind of both. It's the, it's it's kind of the combination. When people are in their younger years, um, parents might notice it with kids, uh, teenagers. That, that's really a good time to get ahead of it because you can actually make some changes using like orthotics, strengthening, teaching the teaching younger people strength exercises to try to get the intrinsic muscles of the foot to start to strengthen uh, muscles like a muscle called tibialis posterior or tibialis um, posterior that comes and forms one of the muscles of the arch can be strengthened. Later on, typically you're coming in with a problem that we have to solve in conjunction with dealing with the fact that you've got a pes planus uh, or, again, if you're overpronating. So it can sometimes be a combination of orthotics and strengthening and dealing with the underlying condition that the person's coming in with. So it's not so simple. <laughs> it's not so simple. I mean, you know, when it comes to fixing it, then is it you know just is it exercises? Is it wearing arches? Is it wearing the proper shoe? Is it you know what do you what do you do to fix it? Jalen, you're you're going to have my job soon. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, essentially, it, it is. It's all of those. So footwear plays a big role. Educating somebody about the right footwear for them. So, for instance, somebody who's who overpronates or has a pes planus or flat feet um, is more likely to wear something like a motion control shoe. Those shoes have very specific properties. 
they tend, like some of the new shoes you're seeing, these light, lightweight shoes, they're not the greatest for somebody who's got, who's got a problem with overpronation because there's very little stability to them. They kind of collapse in every direction. They're made out of light, light materials. And a person who has this kind of a problem needs one with more control. And where we get the control is in the back of the heel, what we call the heel counter. So if you twist a shoe at the back of the heel and it's easy to twist, it doesn't have a lot of control. The other thing that shoes do is they typically, when you've got a motion control shoe, they tip the foot outward just a little bit. Not a lot, little few millimeters actually, but that's enough to offset some of the um, tendency to want your foot to cave inward. And so that's a big thing. The other thing that they've got is what we call a straight last. And that means if you actually look at the sole of the shoe, there's not a big curve to it. It's kind of straight. All of those provide a little bit more control for a person who's got overpronation. So footwear is a huge thing. You kind of stamp that one on the head. And then, yes, absolutely strengthening is very, very important. Uh, very specific exercises can be given to assist with the, the strengthening and what, and you've heard me use the term before, balance or proprioception, the control that you get in the foot when you're not paying attention to it. And then last but not least, definitely for some people with this type of a problem, orthotics are definitely indicated because they yeah. they're very specific to a person. And what they do is people often think that they're arch supports and they're not. While they do provide some support in the arch, they're actually designed to encourage the foot to get to a certain point, uh, in, to get the foot to neutral at a certain point of time when the foot's in contact with the ground. And so it's not just the arch support. It's actually what we do with the heel. It's what we do with the, with the control of the hind foot. There's a bunch of things that go into an orthotic. And it's not just as simple as sticking a little thing under your arch and saying, okay, I needed that. Yeah, and it's all better. Grant, how often do you wear flip-flops? I'll tell you, flip-flops are not the greatest thing for people with <laughs> flat feet. <laughs> I, have a fair, I have a fairly neutral foot, um, but in, and so for short periods of time, you know, like going outside or really quickly doing things where I'm not going to go for long walks, I'll use flip-flops. But any time that I'm going to be going for a more, you know, I'm going to be on my feet for a period of time. I'm even even walking in a grocery store, anything where you're going to be walking, flip-flops are not the best thing to do, and especially slides. They just do not provide this kind of support you need, and they lead to all kinds of problems. You've heard me say this before. It is 3.20, Dr. Grant, Dr. Grant Fedork. Well, I'm going to call him Dr. Grant Fedork for today. I should have just kept on going. Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joins me this afternoon. Grant, a lot of questions coming in uh, today. Someone's wondering off the top, do flat feet cause bunions? You mentioned that, that, could be a, that could, they could be related. Yes, absolutely. So what happens when your foot, if you can imagine your foot kind of pushing, everything wants to go inside. Unfortunately, or the way the foot works is we've also got a tendon on the top of the great toe that wants to pull it in the opposite direction. And the unfortunate part of that is that the end result is it causes the end of your big toe, or not the end, but that joint of your big toe to kind of tilt inwards and puts a lot of stress in. And it's actually a mechanical problem. People think it's a problem. Bunions come from just rubbing. And in fact, they come from a structural change first. That then puts into contact with the shoe one prominent point, And that's why it kind of starts to calcify. So overpronation, flat feet, yes, 
more likely to develop bunions. That's one of the reasons why we like to address them early on to sometimes slow or delay or even prevent, if we can, the, the formation of things like that. Can, can, can bunions be fixed in the long term? Like if, you, if you're 50, 60 years old and your big toe is, you know, going to the, to the right and, and it's going yeah. to the wrong way. I mean, can it, can it, I, I see those things that you can buy that hold your toe out this way in different shoes and that sort of right. stuff. Can they be fixed once they're already bent in that way? No, un- unfortunately, there's not mm. much you can do to change the appearance of them. And so we can treat painful bunions. So people who have a lot of pain on that joint, the capsule gets really inflamed and we do do a very successful treatment radial shock waves to eliminate the pain and reduce the inflammation there unfortunately without having a structural change like surgery where they actually do what's mm. called an osteotomy they or they break that they change the structure to straighten it out now the problem is if you don't do anything as far as orthotics to change the, the what led to it in the first place even the surgery over time isn't going to be successful so that being said, surgery is not necessary unless you've tried a lot of things to solve the pain that you're getting in your bunion first. People are texting in saying, hey, when I was a kid, I always went bare, barefoot. And right. as a result, I've got really strong arches. That's one text. And someone else wants to know, is bare feet good for your feet? Like people are wondering if that helps at all. Is, is going bare feet, barefoot good for you it, and your feet? It, de- it depends on the foot. Um, somebody uh-huh. with so an example somebody with really high high arches so the opposite we call pes uh-huh. cavus so somebody who's got a really high arch foot going bare feet is a really a bad idea you've got no cushioning there no they, they're not resilient they're the opposite of flat feet they're not going to handle uneven terrain well they're very efficient but they're going to take a, a, a hard beating so you'll have a hard heel strike all kinds of things go with that somebody like that probably not a great idea to go barefoot just on day-to-day small amounts from here to there you know my term it's moderation going barefoot a little bit is okay it's not going to hurt you but somebody with really flat feet going bare feet all the time guess what i'm going to see them for plantar fasciitis so they might get away with it for a little while but over time it's going to take its toll and you mentioned uh, plantar fasciitis. We've brought it up a couple of times here, and someone had texted in, and we've done entire shows on plantar fasciitis and can be mm-hmm. absolutely incredibly painful. Um, someone wants to know, okay, well, where does that start? Where does that come from? Can you explain that? So a few different things cause... So plantar fasciitis is an inflammation of this um, fascia, a thick tissue that, that comes from the base of your heel, spreads out over the bottom of your foot, helps to support the arch, believe it or not, and then goes kind of to the toe, to the metatarsals at the base of your toes. Now, essentially, that comes from a few things. Trauma can cause it, mechanical over overpronation or oversupination. Both can put different stresses on the plantar fascia and contribute to it. Uh, wear and tear, excessive use of the feet, uh, poor footwear. I can keep going. Plantar fascia yeah, yeah. can come from a many different places. I see one of the most common things and the reason I think we're seeing so much of it is people are on hard surfaces more than ever. There's really no chance for the feet to get rest because they they go from working on concrete at work to coming home and standing on hardwood floors at home or tile. A real big move by everybody for fashion's sake to go to hardwood and tile. It looks good. Yes, we can keep it clean. But guess what? You're basically on a hard surface 
most of the day that way. And so that leads to a lot of stress on the on the arch of the foot, sorry, on the plantar fascia as well. Daryl just texted in, Grant has been going to see, um, you know, the team over at Leading Edge for a long time, but he says, I've got, um, on the outside of his foot, he's got a bunion that gets sore just from the pressure in my shoes. I tried wider shoes, but still an issue, especially playing sports. Is there anything I can do on that front? So if it's on the, you can form a bunion, believe it or not, exactly on the opposite side of the foot from where you're, where we talk about them on the, on the, on the big toe. Uh, it depends on the structure and what's leading to it. So he did the right thing by wearing wider shoes. That's the first piece of advice that, that we would give somebody. The other thing is, is why is it painful? So if that capsule's really inflamed, then yes. In fact, there's quite a bit we can do to reduce the pain there. And then we would still recommend you wear wider shoes because we want to take, keep the stress off of it as much as possible. I have two questions and about 60 seconds left here, so I'm going to go really quick because I think you can answer. Uh, you can fix both of these. Jason says, I have a heel spur and can barely walk now. Can that be treated? Heel spur is the result of having plantar fasciitis for a long period of time. So we treat the plantar fasciitis successfully. The heel spur is there as a result, and you don't need to don't think about it because once the plantar fasciitis goes away, you might still have the spur with no pain whatsoever. It's from a broken foot. Yeah, so what'll happen, whatever led to it, it still ends up with being inflammation in the fascia. The spur is a result. that It kind of sticks around as a result of the chronic inflammation. Okay, Jason, so uh, the team over at uh, Leading Edge can fix it. And Elaine texted in right away. She knew that you were going to be on the show today. She's got really bad (laughs) sciatica, wants to know if there's treatment for it. And I I know the answer to it because you guys have done it for me. But can you treat sciatica? Absolutely. And the same answer I've given before for sciatica is a description of where the pain is going, not a diagnosis. So we need to determine why the sciatica is there. So yes, you've got pain down your leg. Is it coming from a disc? Is it coming from stenosis? Is it coming from degenerative changes in the spine, compression of a nerve somewhere else? Once we determine where it's coming from, all of those things I just described, we can help. We just got to make sure we figure out which one's causing it so that right from the beginning, we start treating the right thing. All right, so uh, get a hold of the team over at Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Uh, LeadingEdgePhysio.com is the website. If you have a question for the team, click on Ask the Physio. They'll get back to you. Grant, always great to talk with you. Enjoy the rest of July and enjoy the week of warm weather ahead. Uh, You too. Get out of that studio and go for a walk, (laughs) Galen. I I know you'll enjoy it. I promise you I will. I promise. Thanks, Grant. We'll talk to you soon. Grant Fedork joining us this afternoon.